Do more together this holiday in a new Chevy. Take on more adventure in the strong and capable Chevy Silverado. More confidence in the Chevy Equinox. Winner of the J.D. Power Award for initial quality among compact SUVs, two years running. And more value in the all-new Chevy Trax with an available 11-inch diagonal touchscreen. Bring the holidays together in a new Chevy. Click to learn more. Visit ChevyDealOnline.com. For J.D. Power 2023 U.S. Initial Quality Study Award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. It's time for X's and O's with Minnesota Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell on the Minnesota Vikings radio network. Now from the TCO studios in Egan, here is the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. Welcome to X's and O's with Minnesota Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell, courtesy of the Minnesota Lottery. And I'm Paul Allen. Off a victory against the New Orleans Saints, the Minnesota Vikings are back on the road taking on the Denver Broncos. And uh, that one's on KFAN and the Vikings Radio Network. Those of you with Vikings.com, we welcome you. And uh, here comes the coach. I don't, um, I don't think I could like a touchdown more than the Ty Chandler touchdown. Yeah. I mean, it just may seem so simplistic, but it's like watching it back, 20, Werner, I'm not gonna say he knew the play, but I mean, you could tell he was about ready to try to ruin that thing, so you double him. Reisner gets off him, gets Granderson in time. Yep. Darasaw's killing Lattimore, bad matchup for the corner. And then, just to make sure everything's cool, there's Bradbury five yards deep in the end zone on Demario Davis. Yeah. I mean, do plays, how often do plays work perfectly like that? Well, the biggest thing that Josh allows us to do is they've got to treat him or at least have a plan for him as a threat. And we knew it, whether it was, you know, a spy or somebody responsible for him, we could maybe pull one guy out of the box there, uh, whether it was a DB or a linebacker type. Uh, we we're basically running a, a toss crack play on a direct snap to tie, knowing that he'd be able to hit it with a ton of juice like he did. How about Nikhil Harry down there coming in? Mm. Doesn't you know have a catch in the game. Nobody will really even notice uh, the impact outside of us coaches, but gets a great down block to get it all started. And then uh, I did know once I saw big old CD uh, with only the corner left out there, <laughs> I knew we were... Uh, you know, it was going to take catastrophe for us not yeah. to find. I mean, Peter. there are certain things you see in games, and when you guys watch back film, I would imagine with the All-22, you see some things just to keep it like humorous and with levity, where you go back and forth. You know, when something's working really well your way, and when you see a big man like that matched yeah. up against a corner in open space, it's just crazy. But uh, that was a victory, and now hopefully you get another one against Denver uh, because there's more muddle through which to navigate. Jordan Hicks, maybe the heart and soul of the defense. Yep. Having the best season of his career, quite honestly, like several on this Vikings defense. Now you got to get around that. How, what's the immediate impact in the Denver game? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, Jordan's been our green dot communication system from flow all season long. He's really been an extension of flow out on that defense. We're doing a lot of different things. Check defense um, from one thing to another based upon what the opposing side wants to do. So we've got to try to rely on a lot of experience from Ivan Pace, uh, through the early part of this season, but even going back, if you remember, in preseason, that's why we had him with right. the green dot the entire time uh, through a lot of snaps. So he handled it well uh, when Jordan couldn't be in, in there uh, this past Sunday. And a mixture of uh, IP and, and Brian Asamoah and, and uh, Troy Dye, and we'll see where Anthony Barr uh, fits into that mix as a possible elevation. We still have Nick Vigil as well. So yeah. uh, we've got some a good mix right now of youth, and experience in that room to really 
help kind of pick up the slack because Jordan has, like you said, I totally agree with you. He's been the heart and soul, uh, having one of his best seasons as a pro, and, and he's had a heck of a career, so that's really saying something. Well, well, fans here obviously are familiar with Anthony uh, when he got here in 2014. Practice squad for now. Correct me if I'm wrong, like 43 and a half snaps on average last year with Dallas. Anthony always was very physical and yep. just very physical at the point of attack. And, and I know you like that with your inside guys, right? Well, you think about it, he's a good off-the-ball inside linebacker like what Jordan Hicks played. Um, but he also has you know, great experience in his career kicking down and being an on-the-ball outside backer like a Daniil or DJ Wanham. So mm -hmm. now we feel like we really elevated maybe a couple uh, position groups there. Um, I think his versatility, his experience, uh, he left an unbelievable mark in this building. I could feel that from day one uh, coming in last year. We would have loved to try to find a way to keep him uh, on our roster at the time, but you know, as, as decisions had to be made, I communicated with Anthony throughout that time. So when I picked up the phone to call him this go around, uh, he was excited to come back. I know Harrison Smith might have been doing a little recruiting for us, but he is going to have an impact on our team. I don't know whether that's going to be 10 or 60 snaps a football game, but as of right now, we plan to get him up to speed, see when we can you know, use those three elevations from the practice squad that's within the rules for us to be able to do. Um, and I'm quite frankly excited to see Anthony Barr back out there. Uh, Kevin Dobbs goes for 268 passing, career high for him uh, in the game against the Saints. So what, what uh, improved dramatically from Atlanta to New Orleans with how he saw the whole thing? Had a great week of practice. Um, his preparation, I don't know if he left the building um, throughout the, the week leading up to it. He's got great work habits, study habits, and uh, really good rapport with the guys already. Um, did some extra work. Uh, throughout the week getting throws in with guys uh, just trying to build up on some time lost uh, knowing that uh, he's going to you know be the guy he's going to be out there he's going to be leading us to a lot more victories hopefully but I thought in game um, it felt a little bit more normal as far as uh, you know a guy who fully uh, absorbed the game plan and and made a lot of it come to life we still saw the athleticism we also saw him progressing in the pocket in rhythm, getting to some backside concepts, hits BP on a big conversion um, a couple times on the backside. You know, TJ had a huge day because, you know, a lot of our inside out passing game, Josh was in rhythm, great technique, fundamentals, decision making, timing, accuracy. Um, so a lot to build off of for Josh. There's some things that we can improve on. Uh, there's a thousand things that I can do better. <laughs> I can do better to help him. But PA, I was pretty excited coming off of the Atlanta performance to see some growth and some, uh, you know, real understanding of how we want to play. And now we want to see the same thing again this week against a really good defense. Is your offensive line on a roll right now? Yeah, I think uh, you know I don't. CD and, and, and I think Christian Darisaw and Brian O'Neill are having the years we kind of expected and for B.O. coming off his injury to be as solid as he's been all year long. I mean, you forget kind of what his offseason was like leading into the season, but getting Garrett Bradbury back was huge for us. And then, uh, you know, Dalton Reisner has been huge for us. Uh, I think that's clear. I think fans can see uh, the enthusiasm, yeah. the finish uh, that 66 plays with. Uh, on that one Hawkinson catch and run, uh, you see 66 down there exploding the pile, uh, doing some sort of a karate kick over the pile. I told him, you, you know, if the officials didn't know how nice of a guy you were, yeah. you're probably getting a 15-yard penalty, so try to be careful <laughs> on that. But the guy I do want to talk about is Ed Ingram because I think his growth, uh, this guy uh, really took some 
you know, the learning curve yep. last year, being a, a rookie in this league, playing uh, as much as he did. And it's so visible sometimes when an interior lineman playing against Dexter Lawrence and Quinnen Williams and Kenny Clarks. I mean, that is a baptism by fire type of situation. And the growth we're seeing now, the physicality he's playing with, uh, it's just exciting for a coach to kind of, you know, ride that wave early on with a young player. And then you see the light go on, the consistency start to show up. I'm really excited about Ed Ingram. But I'm really glad you brought him up because I'm sure I'm sure there were learning curve problems yep. last year, and you would know all of them. But to make every game and to make every practice yep. in your rookie season in the trenches, that's a win in my book. No doubt. And I think the best thing about it was there were a lot of plays that Ed could have been better on last year and even early on in this year. Um, but what I, I love about Ed is he has no flinch, and he's going to just continue to work continue to apply the techniques and fundamentals that Chris Cooper and Justin Riscotti are coaching him to do, snap in and snap out. And I think just the comfort level with Garrett Bradbury and Brian O'Neill next to him, that veteran presence to allow him to continue to ascend. Um, I think those guys deserve a lot of credit, his coaches do, uh, but Ed by far uh, deserves the most credit for having the mental and physical toughness to do what you just said. So, so off your Monday press conference earlier this week, uh, you, you mentioned, you know, Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick and some other names. Yep. In 2016, you were in San Francisco. So, like, with Josh Dobbs, I mean, can you take some Kaepernick plays and revise them or use them? I mean, is that, like, now in play, or is it too schematically opposite of what you do? No, I think with time on task and and really an attention to detail. I think our, our goal here is to always, week in and week out, do whatever our players do well to try to give us the best chance to win a football game. Um, I do believe that we've got to find a balance because uh, we are, uh, although we're hoping to have Nick Mullins back soon and Jaron Hall's going to recover and, and return from the protocol here, I'm really not in the business of playing five or six quarterbacks this year. Right. Uh, we happen to like having Josh in the game for us right now. Um, and he's proven that we can win football games with him. So we've got to find that balance, kind of like what you saw the other day, whether it's motioning him out to get a direct Wildcat-esque run for, for Ty Chandler, or maybe it's using him in the zone read uh, situationally, like on the big third down, uh, third and short conversion. We almost ended the game. Uh, you know, we were a stumble away from yep. ending the game in the victory formation late there. Um, so we're going to try to use it when we can. Um, but as coaches, it's a slippery slope because all of a sudden it gets easier to run the football when you can add that other element uh, of the quarterback run. But uh, defenses can make him pull the ball and, and they can rally to tackle him. And that is our quarterback in the NFL when that's happening. So I think you got to find a balance. We did play uh, all three quarterbacks. If you remember in 16 in San Francisco, we played yep. Christian Ponder and Colin Kaepernick and Blaine Gabbert. Uh, we probably would have ended up playing a few more. Um, if we, you know, continue down that road. Uh, so we got to be smart, but there's no question that Josh Dobbs' athleticism has been a huge bonus for our offense. Hopefully I can frame this up right because it's very fascinating to me. Like Flores' defense has like 700-ish snaps now. Yep. Okay, so I mean that's a lot of equity from Devontae Smith in the Philadelphia game to where we are now, yep. getting everything squared away with what he shows as opposed to what he runs. Yep. So now you, you have 137 with Dobbs. So how important is it to get hundreds of plays on film yep. late in the season with the bye coming up so that you can show and execute? Yeah, and a lot of it is that we want our opponents to see those things. But, P.A., there's times just watching back the game from the other day 
that you can see new ideas just kind of show up from our tape. That's awesome. Uh, how runs were fit, how play action passes in, in certain formations were, were showing up. And, and we got to some of those in the game, but uh, you can always look back on it in reflection mode and, and really game plan off of what you've shown. I think that's what Brian and his staff has done, like you said, a really, really good job of really transforming uh, week in and week out, applying layers to our defense while still staying true to who we want to be and yeah. make it so that our players can go out there and play fast. That's the secret uh, to good coaching, in my opinion, is how, how much can it ma we make it look like they've been doing it uh, for years and years and years together, offensively, defensively, and make it all kind of come together in a way where we can have success on a Sunday. Last one, um, and it's, it's just something with Josh Mattel, which just blows me away every single game, yep. win or loss. Now we're coming through the A-gap. But, I mean, it, it's, is Metellus, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, he's Tro Troy Polamalu, but is he kind of your version? I mean, he's all yeah. over the place. Yeah, he can be uh, really the depth chart that I know you hold while you're calling the game. Uh, you know, that is very valuable. But as far as 4-4 is concerned, uh, you might have him listed in three or four different columns because right. we can line him up at linebacker. We can line him up at safety. He'll line up on the end of the line of scrimmage. He'll line up, you know, in some cases, man-to-man -man outside in, in a corner position if we want him to. The versatility and the value of a player like that who, oh, by the way, absolutely loves playing mo football more than anything um, and, and is kind of the heart and soul, brings the juice every single week, as he did a year ago uh, you know, in the kicking game that really separated our special teams unit from a lot of others in this league is having a guy like that. He's doing the same thing on our defensive side now. And when yeah. you pair him with Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum and the rest of our group, uh, it's pretty fun to watch. But, well, as an aside, just to close here now with the Hicks situation and Troy Dye, Asamoah, whomever, uh, and Marvin Mims Jr., I mean, yep. this this comes down to special teams yep. too, right? Pulling good guys off maybe in some spots? Yeah, well, the next man up, it's easy sometimes for people to see it on offense or defense. Uh, but we saw it last week with Shahid. I thought he was one of the better returners, yep. more explosive in this league. And, and Najee Thompson making some huge plays. Uh, to get him on the ground, beating a double vice, you know, to get a shoestring tackle one time. Uh, the same thing will have to happen this week. You mentioned it. You know, I studied Mims a lot coming out, and I, I think he's explosive. Uh, they're finding ways to get him touches, but as their returner, we saw it again Monday night in Buffalo, <laughs> flipping the field, giving him great field yeah. position. Um, we've got to have, uh, you know, answers for when we do have to punt. Hopefully we can keep that number down. You know, I'd love to have a game where we don't punt at all, and, and uh, you'd love to have that. But going on the road at Denver, this defense is playing really well. We're going to need a really complete three-phase performance from our team to go get our seventh win. Excellent. Thank you for the time. Yeah, thank you, PA. Kevin O'Connell, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm Paul Allen. More X's and O's around the corner on the KFA and Minnesota Vikings radio network. Welcome back to X's and O's on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network, courtesy of the Minnesota Lottery. And uh, here is Brian Angelico. He's the tight ends coach and passing game coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. The, the goal here is to play something called three, uh, three for B, where three topics, and you can opine and talk as long as you want about them, but... Um, you just, just, you don't have to rush. Okay. So, you know, if I present these things, don't feel like we have time constraints or anything. Just, uh, open up your heart and your mind. When I start like this, 
if you are the passing game coordinator and, and, and the tight ends coach, does that mean you can craft all the passes going to TJ, Johnny, and or Josh? No. Well, you're the passing game coordinator. Well, there's checks and balances, though. It has to get approved right. by the head coach and the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, so like, so uh, say you're, you're out at a convenience store or something or whatever, and somebody, you know, recognizes you as the Vikings coach, and Dobbs goes for a career-high 268. <laughs> Is it like, I'm the passing game coordinator? I mean, that's an interesting part of your title, you know? Kind of cool. Yeah, no, very, very much. It's certainly a collective, collaborative effort, but uh, it's... Um, it's certainly uh, it's fun, that's for sure. Uh, TJ is so tough and has played his very best with you guys in about a year, about a year and small change. What, what separates TJ Hawkinson from most others who play the position? You know, I, th I think TJ has a real good understanding of, um, of the game. Um, you know, he can kind of see big picture what we're trying to get done within the past concept. And, uh, you know, he has a good feel of... Uh, how he wants to uh, approach a route, set up a route, uh, you know, and I think that shows up on, on Sundays. Uh, and you and I are, um, you know, we're, we're big fans of old school sports. So when I make this reference, which I have, two consecutive Vikings games calling the games, Falcons and Saints, he's going, quote, Mark Bavaro, end Ooh, quote, on the play. Wow. I mean, he's not pulling him 20 yards like Bavaro Monday Night Football like, against the Niners, I think. But seriously, I mean, Hawkinson is like he's going Mark Bavaro on some of these plays, dragging players. He's just, he's just tough. Yeah, it's good to see, you know, some run after catch. That's something that we've been really talking about the last few weeks here. And uh, anytime you can, you can get that, you know, those underneath throws and be able to run, that's, that's important and that's helped us. And I think, you know, you see the finish of some of the linemen doing a great job pushing the pile. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you saw that uh, in the New Orleans game. Yeah, um, old, old school Giants, you and I back and forth. Ready, Amani Toomer. Phil Sims. Yeah. Um, okay, 3-2, you win. Um, T, now, now, with TJ finally here, how does Hawkinson keep working himself open with J.J. and K.J. down and the new quarterback who can run? Is it player or is it scheme? No, certainly it's players. I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think with, with the uniqueness of this passing offense, you know, uh, you know, Kevin says it all the time, you know, all five guys are eligible and they can become real on, on any given play. And, um, you know, certainly TJ's done a good job within the time clock of the quarterback and getting to the right spot, uh, you know, and you kind of see, you know, you know, with Addison stepping up and Brandon Powell stepping up and KJ before he was injured, you know, guys have all had turns of, of making some big plays for us. So it's it's been really neat to see everybody uh, stepping up and, and taking on a little bit more of a role, you know, obviously losing a great player like JJ. And I think that's something that we talked about. Uh, and they, they've all done that, which, you know, certainly when we get JJ back, I think it'll make us all better. But, yeah, I mean, you, you've coached. Uh, X amount of years, several years in several different destinations. Have you ever come across anything like this? I mean, not, maybe you've come down to your third quarterback before, but going from a red-hot pocket guy to a guy who can throw, but he also runs the way this guy does. Have you ever seen anything like that? No, I've never been around a quarterback that, uh, you know, those last two rushing touchdowns he had are, mm. are incredible. I've, I've never been around a player like that, and I think what makes it, what unique is that 
you know, he's not running just to run. Like, he's done a great job of staying in the pocket, going through his reads, and then when the play breaks down, uh, you know, the scramble is an extension of the pass game. I mean, that's that's what it becomes, and, you know, he's done a great job with it. Um, uh, Brian, Coach, tell me what you think of this. Um, I, I'm a fan of two-point conversions with you guys, not with everybody, and it's almost like it's like I wish we would run more two-point conversions. I know I sound like a fan on fan line right now, but – it's the passing game that you guys have, which is high end, <laughs> with an elite with an O line playing the way it's playing now. I mean, I'm like, are you are you with me or against me on this? I mean, are, the two point conversion game here, I think, is high end. Yeah, I mean, certainly, um, you know, I know there's a bunch of factors that go in. Hopefully, we can just keep kicking PATs and keep the yeah. score, but. Uh, you know, we go in with, uh, you know, a couple uh, two-point plays, depending on how many, you know, we think we may need for that game. And, um, you know, certainly not afraid to use them if we need them. Uh, lastly, the uh, the Broncos have won three in a row, uh, managed to hold Kansas City to no touchdowns, and uh, won a road game Monday night against Buffalo. Uh, their defense was with uh, Sertan the second, uh, being maybe the best overall player they have on the defense. What do you think of their defense? Yeah, I think it's uh, – it's a good defense. They've been real opportunistic. They've created a lot of turnovers, and I think you see that in the, in the results. They're playing much better. They they play hard. They run to the ball, um, and um, you know they try to they try to make you drive it and try not to give up the big play. And they've really limited that in the you know the last few games. You know ever since the Miami game. You know, they've played really good football, and you can see it. You can see it on the tape. Great job, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me, I appreciate you. You got it. Uh, Brian Angelico, tight ends coach and a passing game coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, taking on the Denver Broncos Sunday night from the Mile High City. It's a 7:20 kickoff, and uh, Vikings football Sunday on KFAM begins at 5.30. Uh, for everybody assisting with the show here at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center, I'm Paul Allen. That's X's and O's on the KFA and Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. Do more together this holiday in a new Chevy. Take on more adventure in the strong and capable Chevy Silverado. More confidence in the Chevy Equinox, winner of the J.D. Power Award for initial quality among compact SUVs two years running. And more value in the all-new Chevy Trax with an available 11-inch diagonal touchscreen. Bring the holidays together in a new Chevy. Click to learn more. Visit ChevyDealOnline.com. For J.D. Power 2023 U.S. Initial Quality Study Award information, visit JDPower.com awards.